Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. All right. Welcome to Revolution. Glad to have you all here. I'm glad to have anybody here. <laughs> glad to have all the folks online listening as well. So wherever you are, good day. <laughs> um, I just just had, uh, yesterday was my son's birthday, so I'm a little bit tired, a little bit sugar overloaded. We had donuts, a party with donuts, but then for some reason my wife decided to also make a cake. We had donuts and cake and chocolates. My wife's Swiss, so her mother sent all these chocolates, and Milo was eating chocolates and cake and donuts, and it was, yeah, he was climbing, literally climbing sculptures yesterday in the park. Just, yeah, he was, it was crazy. So we had a good time, though. So I'm a little bit exhausted from that. Um, but today we're going to be in, I I know I do Galatians once a year, but we're going to be in Galatians, but we're also going to be in Colossians and Matthews, but in Matthew, but, uh, we're going to be in Galatians today, starting out and kind of talking about what it is to like live, what Paul saw to live, living a Christian life was like. And some of the basics of that and what we do with that. And is it relevant today as it was then? And um, I know for a lot of people, they look at some of these verses and they kind of go like, "Uh, I don't know, that's a little square. (laughs) But I want to talk about that and ask a question like, "Is is it really? And some of it's just practical advice no-brainers, but we're going to look at it all and see what we come out with. Um, Starting in Galatians 5, 16. So I advise you to live according to your new life in the Holy Spirit. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The old sinful nature loves to do evil, which is just the opposite from what the Holy Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desire that is opposite from what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, and your choices are never free from this conflict. But when you are directed by the Holy Spirit, you are no longer subject to the law. And so, you know, Paul talks a lot about the law and being free from the law, and, you know, how the law was a guardian at a time, but it also it also took that... that uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, what was it called when they outlawed alcohol? Prohibition. prohibition. Takes that prohibition and kind of uses it to stir up desire. You know, so often when you're told not to do something, you go like, "Oh," <laughs> and that was kind of the law. Took took it. You know, did the, had prohibition, and that prohibition made people more desireful to do those things 
Um, but it says, when you follow desires of your, of, your, of your sinful nature, your lives will produce these results. Sexual immorality, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, participation in demo- demonic activities, <laughs> which I find is, I don't know why I laugh at that one, but I don't want to be a participant in demonic activities. Hostility, which I think is interesting to listen to, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, division, the feeling that everyone is wrong except those in your own little group, which that's one the church needs to listen to often, is you know not getting the idea that we're the only ones who are who are right and everyone else is wrong. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other kinds of sin. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I used to think that this verse was about heaven and that basically no one was going to get there. And, uh, but then I realized that the kingdom of God is also the fruits of the Spirit. And one of the ways that coming through that was reading it through this, through the Galatians and also calling a pastor one night, late at night, going like, I'm so confused. Is no one going to go to heaven? And, uh, but it says, but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce these kind of fruits in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Here there is no conflict with the law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. If we were living now by the Holy Spirit, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or irritate one another or be jealous of one another. So, looking at these fruits from, and how they kind of go, you know, help us to battle against some of these other things. So we, I think we can all can agree that love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control are things that we want in our lives. Positive things that help us grow and become better people. So that's when we go back and look at these other things. Um, sexual immorality, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasures, idolatry. You know, it's this satisfying one's basic needs often is what, you know, not even basic needs, but fleshly needs, fleshly wants, desires, animal instincts of just, you know, says that this is, guides us off the, off the path. Of course, then it gets into the more, uh, you get out of the sexual and lustful pleasure and all these things, then you get in more into these hostility and quarreling, and jealousy, and outbursts of anger, and selfish ambition, and divisions, um, envy, you know, the feeling everyone's wrong except you and your own group. You know, these, these things here uh, pull us away from, from anger, division, quarreling, jealousy, pulls us away from joy, pulls us away from peace, pulls us away from kindness, goodness it's hard to be faithful you know when you're constantly jealous or angry or or, 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 
envying other ones. It's hard to to you, it's it's the opposite of patience. You know, these things are the opposite of patience. And if you want to, you know, the Bible talks a lot about loving people, and we're going to get there in a minute. But patience, you know, is required to love people. Because loving people is the hardest thing you'll ever do. That's why a lot of this stuff is just saying stay away from different selfish activities. And self, I mean, it even says selfish ambitions, you know, because when you're, Selfish rather than selfless, you miss out on patience, and then you miss out, you know, on the domino effect of things. You miss out on patience. You miss out on kindness, you know, um, and then love, of course, is the ultimate one. And love is kind of—it's funny. It's the fruits of the spirit, but I think joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. And gentleness are all covered. If you just said, if it just said love, it would be covered there. All those would be covered. But love is first seen there. But, you know, love, these are the fruits of love. Um, are these, are these, are these different fruits of the spirit? And so I hope when I, when I talk about this, I guess what I hope is, is that we realize that these are good things to have and that for some reason these other things are things that we're called to avoid and I want you to think about it is you know is this just hokey you know hokey old religious thought or is this really great advice are these things that we need to be careful of and avoid and um, they're kind of the you know especially the sexual immorality and the impure thoughts and the eagerness for lustful pleasures you know, are these things in our lives that were destructive? Are these things in our lives that guide us away from loving others and, and caring about others and, and, and guide us away from a peaceful, loving, patient life? You know? Or is it just Paul's a, a product of his time in square? <laughs> I don't think he is. Um but I think it's things that we sometimes read over quickly. You know? Or we think that's for the preacher. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, those are verses for the preacher. <laughs> that can't be for me. I'm progressive. And I'm a progressive preacher, but I just think it's as a progressive, it's important that we talk about sin. And it's important we wrestle with these things and look at these things and talk about it, you know, and not just avoid it and talk about abstract theology all the time. Like, oh, you know, it's just so easy to get caught up in that idea of abstract theology and forget about basics um, when we, we get so progressive and so open and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that because there's not I'm just saying we just got to make sure we continue to also look at some of the basics of the, the scriptures and and uh, some of the guides it gives us for living um, Colossians 3 1 
It says, since you have been raised in a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits as God's right hand and the place of honor and power. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not think only about things down here on earth, for you died when you Christ died, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, and when Christ, who is in your, in your, and when Christ, right? Yeah, that might be a typo in the in this Bible. Who is, who is your? Okay, there, who is your real life? There you go. Is revealed. There's a big asterisk there. So, real life who is revealed in the whole world. You will share in all His glory. So put to death sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual sin, impurity. Lust, shameful desires, don't be greedy for the good things of life, for that is idolatry, and God's terrible anger will come upon those who do such things. You used to do them when your life was still part of this world, but now the time has come to get rid of, and here we go, another list of things, and I think it's important to hear these, anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language, it says, don't lie to each other. You have stripped off your old infill nature and all the wicked deeds. In this place, you have clothed yourself with a brand new nature that is continuously being renewed as you learn more about Christ who has created a new nature with you. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric or uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. So once again, I, I like to look at the, I, I mean, I will admit, I laugh at the one, the dirty language one a little bit. Um, it's like, don't cuss, what is it? Don't, I don't cuss, chew, or go with girls that do. That was what my dad said they used to say growing up. <laughs> So I don't know why it makes me laugh. It makes me think of that. But I do want to look at these other ones. I want to look at this anger and rage and malicious behaviors and slander. You know, I mean, those are things that I've seen steal peace, patience, joy, you know, stop people from loving other people or or cloud our, I feel like I'm talking like Yoda right now because it's like anger clouds your mind of the force um the good sides of the force um but it's okay to be angry about things obviously you know for me kids being taken away from their parents when that happened that was very angry about that um but at the same time if you get a if if you allow anger to control you or to cloud your thoughts uh, to get in your way of saying, well, there's got to be a way to talk about this. Because how do we change things? You know, we don't just change things by being angry. We change things by having conversations with people and saying, you know, hey, you know, can we look at this in a different way? And uh, there would be no Martin Luther King Jr. if he was controlled by anger. You know, anger was certainly a part of his life. But... He knew that he was called to love ultimately and love everyone, even his those who seemed like enemies. Even he said they, his enemies weren't really his enemies. It was their ideals. 
that they people were just were were just uh, victims of misinformation. And so to see that, to know that even someone like Dr. King didn't allow anger to control him when he had an idea, you know, or rage to control him, because so often that gets in the clouds us from loving our enemies, which is another important thing. You know, that's why we need the fruits of the Spirit, because we're called to love our enemies. We're called to do good to those who persecute us. You know, this is some basics of the Bible, basic teaching of the Bible. And uh, when we have malicious behavior or we slander one another or we lie, uh, we miss out on, on love. And that's the important thing here. And that's what it goes on to say. It says, so since God, here in 12, it says, so since God chose you to be the holy people whom he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy. I love that. Tender-hearted mercy. We show one another mercy from our heart. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. You know, that's another thing is so important is forgive those who offend you. Too often Christians are offended so easily. You know, oh, and on either side, the right's offended by one reason, and the left is offended by another reason. And we often don't make allowances or forgivenesses for those faults, for those offenses. You know, we just hold on to them and go like, "Nope, this is a no starter. I'm offended by that, and you can't offend me." And the Bible clears us: forgive those who offend you. That's a tough, tough thing to do. You know especially when you feel like people are being treated unjustly or people you love and care about are treated some other way and it offends you. But if you stay in that offense constantly, you're going to miss out on the chance to build a relationship and to build an enemy into a friend. And love is the only force capable of building that, taking that enemy and turning them into a friend. You know? which I can't talk enough about because that is, seems to be the fly in the ointment is, is this whole loving your enemy thing. The more I read the Bible, it keeps talking about that, and people go, like, why don't you do more about this person or why don't you do more about that? You know, and the Bible seems, someone's telling the Bible seems partial to a certain group of people versus another group of people, and I'm like, yeah, but the Bible talks a lot about loving your enemies, you know, so... I don't know if that's being partial or not when it talks about being loving your enemies. It seems to be equally open to loving all people. And so for me, that's the toughest thing is if do I want to stay rooted in the word or am I staying rooted in in, in the word and in, in, in my relationship with Christ? Am I loving my enemies? Am I trying to do good to those? Am I, am I trying to be tenderheartedly merciful? You know, am I trying, am I being patient? You know, and uh, gentleness. Am I being gentle with those who offend me? Just because they offend me doesn't mean I have to offend back. Can I show gentleness? Man, all that stuff is just, 
that's the dying to your flesh. That's the that's good works. That's the tough stuff. That's the you know that's the when the rubber hits the road. You know those are the the, the, the things that you know we kind of need to filter our 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 voice through and our philosophies through. So it goes on to say, uh, and the most important piece of clothing you must wear is love. Love is what binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Man, this is a tough one. I suffer from depression, and I'll tell you what, it is one battle to be thankful all the time. Let the words of Christ and all his richness live in our hearts and make you wise. Use his words to teach and counsel each other and sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, let it be representative of the Lord Jesus and all while giving thanks through him to God the Father. Um, just... I guess for a side note, since we have a few minutes, um, one verse that I share a lot from, but I think it's important to look at with the fruits of the spirit, looking at the at the different fruits. Corinthians, but. We'll look at Galatians one more time. The fruits of the Spirit, just as a reminder, are love and joy, peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And in 1 Corinthians 13, when it talks about love, it's, it, it says all these things. Yeah, almost everything that we've read here is summed up in, in 4 through 7. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of when it's been wronged. It's never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Not some circumstances, but every circumstance. Love endures. So you're going to need patience if you want to endure. And you know, you're going to need to do without outbursts of anger and selfish ambition and division and quarreling and envy and all those things. You know, those are things that we've got to whittle down in order to be these type of people who are able to to endure through every circumstance. And I definitely would like to do that more. I don't do it as much as I, I don't endure through every circumstance. <laughs> but I'd like to endure through every circumstance. I'd like to be more loving, you know. And I do that in small steps in some ways, you know. Like continue my relationship with my dad, and we have so many difficulties seeing eye to eye on so many things but you know sending pictures like yesterday sending pictures of the birthday birth 
birthday boy and, and the birthday party we did and just, you know, just little things like that saying, you know, I'm going to endure this. I'm going to make um, small moves of love and do my best to at least keep a somewhat of a little bridge there and a connection even when it's hard. I know that maybe having a conversation on the phone might not go great if we spend too much time, (laughs) but there's little things you can still do to love and make that connection there and hopefully build patience and endurance through that. Um, And one of the things I wanted to kind of leave us with today, and this is just because I've been kind of dealing with my own mental health issues, Um, but also because I know that this stuff can seem hard and, you know, you know, it's not easy to do, but in Matthew 11, Jesus said, uh, Matthew 11, 28, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke fixed perfectly and the burden I give you is light. And I say that is because these things are loving people seems like it could be a mountain, you know, but with Christ, all things are possible and Jesus says that I'm not going to, I'm not here, here to make you more heavy burdened and give you you know, I want to give you rest. I'm not here to to make this impossible demand on you. You know, so these are things that Jesus has called us to do. But it's a reminder to say that come to me, all you. You know, when we're weary and we're heavy burdened, come to Christ. We find rest there. The yoke, the yoke of these loving people, of of caring for people, is a yoke that can be made easy. And that's the promise. That's not me. You know, that's Jesus. So I'm not saying, it's going to be easy. And I don't think Jesus is saying, it's going to be easy. But he's saying, it's going to be easier. It's going to be, the burden I give you is light. It's still a burden. But it's light. Because when we get rid of the indrius and strive and all those things, a lot of that inner struggle and inner decay lightens up. We get rid of them and that junk that makes patience a burden or makes joy a burden or makes loving others a burden, not giving up or not losing faith or always being hopeful a burden. So I hope we're able to find that. I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you for your grace and your mercy, uh, your ability to love one another and uh, your call for us to live by fruits of the Spirit. Help us to, you know, die to our flesh. Help us to see what that looks like and uh, just uh, just ask for your will and, and your guidance as we grow and that we would learn to accept others and love others as you do, um, that we would learn when to speak up and when to hold our tongues and, uh, that we would also learn to accept ourselves as being accepted by you and we would know what that love looks like and uh, we would be patient with our own transformation.
In Jesus' name, amen. Um, yeah, thanks for coming out, everybody. Um, one of the things we do is here at Revolution is we're a nonprofit. So if you're listening online and you would like to donate, you can go to revolutionchurch.com and uh, hit the donation button. <laughs> <laughs> or you can go to the Facebook page and uh, also the same thing, donation button. But you know what? As I always say, we'd much rather have you than your money. So remember that. Um, but we are a nonprofit, and we do survive through your donations. So thank you for your consideration. All right, everyone, thanks a lot, and have a great week. <laughs>